Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful, creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. I'm glad to be here with you today and sharing a cool episode that was sparked by a poll that I put up in my Instagram stories a few weeks ago. There's been lots of conversations around social media with other business friends, with people inside Creator Club, in our home, where's it going, what should the priorities be, and just really seeing a lot of changes in the culture over the last few years, what sort of content is connecting with people, what they're focused on using their social media for, are they exploring other avenues of marketing outside of social media? Because it certainly was, and still is, a place where a lot of people start to market. And I've probably said this a few times, if you're a follower of the True to You podcast, you know that if I'm talking about social media, probably talking mostly about Instagram because that's where I tend to hang out. I'm speaking less to Facebook or LinkedIn or even TikTok, but I think some of this could apply to that as well. So the question that I put to my audience, to my community, is your priority on social media, on Instagram, to build a big audience, or is it to build a horde of raving fans? And when I say raving fans, maybe that looks to you like a smaller audience and a more connected audience, an engaged audience, that that's really your priority versus simply growing the following account. And the response was that 18% wanted to build their follower account, wanted to build a big audience, and 82% said that building a horde of raving fans was actually their priority. So I'm going to speak to both of these today, both of these two ideas. Now, I think firstly, I want to note that Some of the things that I'm going to share with you are based purely on observation. What I've seen through clients that we've worked with, we have some clients with big audiences and we have some clients with smaller audiences. And so over a while, you you start to see a pattern. You start to see what's working, what's not working and the advantages of both because there definitely are. So I'm not going to say that one is better than the other. Although what I would say is that we do look at marketing as a way for you to build your business world and to be able to share the story of that world, to share the story of the characters in the world. And so I would say that the way that we teach marketing probably lends itself more to that horde of raving fans that's not necessarily 
tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers, although it may end up being that, but that your primary goal is to build your world and to create content that does that. And sometimes, like I said, that can mean a big audience, so that can mean a smaller audience. I'm also not an Instagram growth expert, nor do I want to be, but we do get the question from a lot of creators that are starting to think really seriously about their marketing and starting to think, okay, how can I really get a handle on my marketing strategy, feel really confident in it. But also the first question to us is often, how can I grow my audience? Because to be honest, that was definitely something that was exciting and probably what from the outside a lot of us for a long time perceived as success a big audience equals success but like I said I'm going to give you examples of both today and I think when you're early to marketing sometimes you're looking at those sorts of metrics versus thinking about how does my marketing actually contribute to building my world and therefore contribute to the health of my business and there's no evidence that I can see to suggest that your size of your audience so how many followers you have is directly connected to the health of your business meaning a big audience equals a really healthy business that's not always the case and I know that most of you are smart enough to realize that now because there's all sorts of tricks and hacks going on a lot of the time behind the scenes. Some people will go to the extent of buying their followers. So I think take this and think about your business and think about your priority being a sustainable, successful, healthy business. A business that through its marketing attracts great clients, people you love working with, you get paid well, but that may or may not be reflected in a big audience. Okay, I'm also going to be speaking mostly to service-based businesses because that's who we work with and so the evidence that I have around big versus small audience and building an audience of raving fans comes from service-based businesses. Okay, so we're going to dive into both and I'm going to talk about some advantages and disadvantages of the big audience route and then I'm going to talk about raving fans, building a horde of raving fans because 82% of you said that that's your primary goal and I imagine that if you're a follower on Instagram, you're probably also listening to the podcast. So that's probably also your goal if you're listening to this. So big audiences and your primary goal being follower count. Now, I can see a few advantages to having a bigger audience. And for a service-based business, having a bigger audience, typically, this is not like I said, 100% true all the time, but typically if you rely on a high volume because maybe you have lower, lower price products or services, so products might be like ebooks or done for you things, um, services might be one to one, but still it's, it's 
it relies on a larger volume because you might be priced lower. Now, a bigger audience typically should be helpful for you. I would also say that you've got to understand who's in your audience, how engaged they are. So that's also got to, that's the caveat to that. Now, it might also be an advantage for you to grow your follower count, to grow a bigger audience. If you're someone that wants to go down the influencer marketing strategy for your business, if you want to be associated with products because maybe that helps to build out your world and that's a revenue stream for you as well. You want to get sponsors for events. You want to be an affiliate for other people's services. Then sometimes having a a bigger audience can be helpful for that. That can, well, certainly in the past, it was looked at as an advantage for people that were wanting to have you promote their products or promote their service on their behalf. So if that's a route that you want to go down there, I definitely say that probably some audience growth would be an advantage because you're continually adding more people that could translate to more sales for them. Although Again, I think this is changing if you speak to people that specialize in influencer marketing. I'd be interested to know whether that is is 100% true still. It certainly used to be. And I had a few friends with bigger accounts and it was definitely easier for them to do influencer work, to to, uh, affiliate for products and things like that because of the audience size. I also think that The goal of growing a bigger audience or a bigger following really suits someone who's competitive, that likes a thrill. Maybe you like the idea of the status that comes with a big audience. And so I think if that's you and you love that idea, then then growing your audience will be really fun for you. It's going to be, like I said, you're going to be more that person that's keeping up with trends, that's trying different things, that's prepared to innovate and try all of the new tools that the platforms bring out. And hopefully for you, that results in audience growth. I also think though, if your primary goal is to grow your audience, to grow your following, then that's going to be a reflection of how interesting you are. And I think this is really something that I'm noticing It's really different to looking at growing an audience five or 10 years ago, probably more like eight to 10 years ago now, where there just wasn't the saturation of content as well. So someone that was prolific with content more easily could grow an audience. But now people are more discerning because there's more content on the platform. So they're picking and choosing who they're really engaging with and spending time with. And that's going to come down to how interesting you are, how interesting your story is, who you are connected to offline, what you're doing offline, who you're hanging out with. Yes, but also what adventures are you going on? What things are you building and growing And is that aligned with them? So I think we're looking oftentimes now for interesting people that are telling stories that are possibly 
prolific in their content, although they don't have to be. And that can be a driver for audience growth because people get to get behind something. They get behind a message or a story. I can think of a couple of accounts that I follow where they use their account to promote their business, but the bulk of their account is telling their story and they do that through like a daily diary. So they'll put a lot of stories up on Instagram stories showing you day-to-day life and so it's almost like you get a daily diary from them a daily visual diary and certainly the audience has grown I think that certain things you've got to look at what's popular content what's trending right now and if you jump on those things then you may have a chance of growing too as a result Okay, so let's talk about some of the disadvantages of having your main goal as audience growth. The first thing I'd say is growing an audience, in my opinion, does require you to be pretty consistent. Now, you could rely on viral content and maybe finding ways to create really viral content and you don't have to do that as consistently if you're really smart and you, you can work that out, great, good for you. But I think for the most part, it's going to require being there consistently, having things that people can share, having stories that people can be a part of. And the story will be quite fragmented if you're not consistently showing up. So it makes sense, right? I think the other disadvantage that we see a lot, but is also really cool when people get into Creator Club because we open their eyes up to more possibilities in terms of their marketing. So the disadvantage I see with with for solely focusing on growing a big audience is that you do become a little more tunnel vision and that can also mean that you spend a lot of time just in the one place, in the one platform and growing your audience in that one place. And... As a result, you forget about all of the other places you can be marketing. So if growing your audience is a goal, I think you also want to have a couple of other places that you show up. They may not be as regular as the Instagram, but there's always that opportunity for people to go deeper with you. And if anything goes wrong on that one platform, I feel like this is something that people say all the time. So I'm not going to go deep into this, but you know, the whole story of building on rented land and things like that. If something goes wrong, your account gets deleted, things shut down, you know, you um, posting is contingent on following certain rules, then you've got other opportunities. You've got other places for people to connect with you. Okay, so there's some cases where big audiences can be purely built off the fact that someone's a celebrity, they're a movie star, they're a big singer, and so a lot of their growth is actually coming from what they're doing off the platform. So they often have an automatic translation between how big they are in real life and then how big their social media accounts are. But it also means that you need to make that your focus, right? You need to be doing big things in real life 
in order for that to translate to the big audience. And I would say that that what people can get caught up in, you might have found yourself caught up in this, is that you divert your attention if you're trying to grow a big audience to tactics, to gaming, the algorithm. And although it's fun to experiment, it may, if you're not careful, I'm not saying this is for everyone, but if you find yourself going down that route, make sure you bring yourself back and think, is this right for my audience? Is this really going to connect with them? Is this going to take me away from the reason why people are following me already? And so just having that discernment, if you find yourself obsessing over those things, to come back and go, you know, what's right for my audience? What is going to work for me personally? Is this tactic going to be sustainable? Because I think more often than not, that's also the disadvantage to building a big or trying to build the big audiences that you, it becomes a job. It's, it's emotional because things go up and down. Um, you're thinking about the growth the whole time. And if you fall into some of those trends, it's asking yourself, is this aligning with me? Is sharing this type of content something that I want to be doing? Does this make sense with my values? Does this make sense for my business? And I think that's really important because that way you're actually going to build a big audience from a really good place from a really whole place and not from a place of just I need to get this number up and that's all that matters okay so there's your advantages and disadvantages of going down the big audience big follow account route now I want to switch and I want to talk about this idea of a horde of raving fans because like I said 82% of you that is your focus so one person that comes to mind when I think about a horde of raving fans is a, a person, Kevin Kelly, but he had a concept that he shared over 10 years ago now called A Thousand True Fans. So I think his work around this, ironically, 10 years ago, is now starting to really become a popular concept and it's becoming really apparent that this is maybe the way that we should be going. I think just the way that that people are thinking about communities, how they're becoming more value centric, they want to really belong and so that is the foundation of a thousand true fans but also what Kevin Kelly was thinking about when he wrote this article is what that actually meant for the creator, what that meant in terms of how they could make a full-time living and that they didn't actually need that huge follower count or the big audience in order to make a great living and to have a good life. And I want to share with you a quote from that article. You can go and look it up and it's worth reading if this is something that you're interested in I think he was probably the first person that really 
put this idea to people as social media was really taking hold of of people's lives and also becoming a core place to market on I'm talking 10 years ago as well so this seems like a long time ago but he was starting to see what was happening and the advantage here is that small business can actually work with the the horde of raving fans concept much more easily than what a big business can do and so he says in the article now here's the thing the big corporations the intermediates the commercial producers are all under equipped and ill-suited to connect with those thousand true fans meaning if they're a big corporation they just don't have the time or the ability to go out and directly connect with those people They're institutionally unable to find and deliver niche audiences and consumers because they're not always on the pulse. They're not always having direct conversations with their clients. That means that the long tail is wide open to you, the creator. You'll have your one in a million true fans to yourself and the tools for connecting keep getting better, including the recent innovations in social media. It's never been easier to gather a thousand true fans around a creator and keep them there. So what he's what he was getting at is that, like I said, you have the ability to do this because you're directly connected to your clients. You have conversations with them every day and the big businesses don't have that opportunity. They're more concerned with the follow account. They're more concerned with big accounts and what that looks like for their status. But also on the other side, because you have a service that may also be, you know, mid to higher price relative to the big companies that are just trying to grow their, their audience and, and convert from a big audience, you, like Kevin Kelly said, you only need a thousand true fans. If you have a thousand people spending a hundred dollars over a year with you, that is a hundred thousand dollars. I think that's right. And so it doesn't actually take a lot. The mass is in your favor, you could say. So like I said, the conversion is better for you than just trying to build the audience and then convert the big audience. Although I do believe that this can coexist, the idea of having the big audience and having the big income, but typically audience size is irrelevant in terms of the health of the business. An account can be huge and it could have been built five or 10 years ago. And because that creator might've changed in the last few years certain things might have happened the things that they were doing five or ten years ago aren't working for them the audience starts to die and it starts to become disengaged whereas if you have a smaller audience it's often much easier to think about connecting with a smaller amount of people our brain can actually handle that right versus a big audience so I think there's pros and cons there but like I said, often the, the amount of money, I know your smaller accounts doing really well and it's not always connected to having the big audience. Okay, it 
doesn't mean you're going to win at Instagram by having a horde of raving fans, but it's generally more stable for you. It's a much more sustainable route. It's going to feel more meaningful because if you're thinking about raving fans, you're thinking about people that are diehards, that they love what you do, that they are really engaged, that they leave meaningful replies, they send you great DMs. They're just generally more connected, more engaged, and it's far less transactional. So while you might on paper not be winning at Instagram, whoever defines winning at Instagram, but the horde of raving fans is what keeps you going. It keeps you in business. It keeps bringing you the great clients. Okay, so the thing is, is that they can really benefit your business too. Because if you have a more engaged audience, if you have deeper connections with them, the way that that can then translate to a great business is loyalty. Number one, they stick around for longer. In marketing, you call this LTV, lifetime value. So the amount that they actually spend with you over a period of time is greater. They buy lots of things from you. So they buy one experience and then they want to learn from you over here. So they're always interested in what you've got. I said before, they were they're generally more engaged. And I think what's really cool with this concept of raving fans is that the raving fan, someone that really loves your work, will discover you on a social media platform they might find you because someone else talked about you and then you go down the rabbit hole and you go deeper into, into they go deeper into your account and they, they follow you and all of that. But the flow on effect is that once they're invested and engaged in you and waiting for your updates, waiting for your posts, enjoying your content is that they want to go deeper with you and going deeper may look like going off the platform in order to do that and that for me is definitely a pass because going off the platform may actually mean buying a service but it may also mean that they want to hang out with you in a podcast they want to hang out with you in real life and I think as small business owners we have that flexibility and that agility to offer different things we're more connected to our audience so we know better what they want we don't have to do these big test groups we don't have to be polling them lots that bigger business has to worry about in order to find the right fit for their product or service I think the other cool thing with raving fans is that they can be hyper-local fans too. So they could be specific to your area and that can actually be a real advantage. I know that we have this opportunity now to build global businesses, to be connected all around the world, have clients from all over, but there can also be an advantage to being the person that everyone goes to in your town. You offer the best service. So you can have geographically based raving fans or the alternative would be to have fans that love you because they're in a particular niche. I can think of 
a few businesses, one in particular in Creator Club, and she services cleaners. And so her raving fans are the cleaning businesses and her mission is to help business cleaning business owners across Australia to um, build a successful, sustainable business. And so she's very niche specific with her raving fans. And that's cool. That really works. All right. So if you're on board with this idea, if you were the 82%, you might be thinking right now, okay, how can I go down this route? If this is something I'm interested in, if I love what she's talking about, I want to develop my raving fans, my community. I want to be connected. I love being on social media. I love Instagram. I'm not going to let it go, but I just want to feel like when I'm on there, I'm more engaged. So Here's some thoughts in terms of what you could focus on to start building that. All right, the first thing you want to think about is when people jump on my account and they scroll my content or they get my content in the feed, is it clear what my story is? Is it clear my backstory, where I've been, where I'm going, like what my mission is, my values or the values and the mission of this uh, company, the service, the problem that I solve for them. Is the story clear in terms of what's coming up? Like how's the story progressing? What's next? What can I be involved in? what's coming up, what's interesting and exciting down the, down the timeline. So I think that that's the first thing to look at is, is the story clear? And this is, this is basically something that comes from world building and a very key element in building a really great world around your business is to make sure that there's a clear story. And I was having a conversation today with someone and we were talking about a few different accounts that we love and every account that we could name that we were currently following their content quite, I wouldn't say obsessively, but that we really liked their content. There was a strong story underneath that. And that story then also leads into their services and why their services are the way they are, the way that they deliver them, what they create and so on. The next thing to think about is if I want a horde of raving fans, it may be connected to what I'm doing online, but I think that this is changing a little bit in that people are looking for the fantasy, whether the fantasy is created purely through imagery and things like that. People have got a very good eye for doing that through the platform. Or that's going to come down to what you're doing in the real world. And is the story of this person something that I want to feel a part of? I admire them because this is what they're up to in the real world. Okay, the next thing is, again... This is more of an advantage, but I think this is also a strategy to build raving fans is to think about them like a community and be more community focused over the tactics. So if you want to build a horde of raving fans, you want to know 
the people. You want to know who they are. You want to know what they get up to on the weekends, how they spend their spare time, what they're interested in. They're probably interested in you because you have similarities, you have shared values, but you can also get inside their mind and you can speak on behalf of them. They, they think to themselves, oh, she really gets me. She really understands me. She knows what is pissing me off right now and she knows what I'm really loving right now. You, therefore, as the creator, are clear on who you're for and who you're not for. And with community, that's really important for people to feel like they belong, is that they feel like this person has created the community for them because we're people that do, people like us, do things like this, to quote Seth Godin. So it doesn't always mean that you're including every single person man, woman, child, all of the people, but that you're very clear on who you're for and who you're not for. Okay, so there's a distinct community around you and that's going to be evident in the amount of raving fans you have. And then finally, final thing I would say is that have ways, if you want to build raving fans even on the platform, have ways for people to go deeper with you off the platform. I mentioned this before, but I think that they work hand in hand. If I really want someone to be obsessed with my work and become a potential client, then it's not even about value, but it's how can I take them deeper into my world? So do I give them opportunities to hear from me via email? And that's where I really get to know you and that's where we share stories and I exchange things that I've been hearing from my community can you hear about how you can work with me through the emails can you engage with me through podcasting and not just a lot of posts but actually spend 30 minutes an hour two hours in in the ears and listening and going deeper with you and then obviously there's other things like books and actual in real life events that people can hang out with you and I'd also say that often uh, in my experience what I'm doing in real life in ways that people can go deeper with me then comes back to growing growing the the audience so if you, your priorities are kind of both, that you want to grow a horde of raving fans and you want to grow a big audience, realize that that's going to come a lot from people sharing your work and that can come from what you're doing outside in the real world, what you're offering that's different and unique and the experience that they have with you in person. Okay, that brings us to the end of this conversation if you liked this episode and you'd love for me to go deeper on some of these concepts that I've been talking about particularly with the concept of building raving fans let me know via Instagram share this episode send me a DM or you can even send me an email ruby at creatorclub.link if you want to get me directly 
And let me know what you liked about this. Let me know if there's more that you want to hear from in terms of this concept because I definitely think that this is the way to make creating content really enjoyable and satisfying and to feel as though that you're making an impact in the world. So good luck. I hope that you have fun pursuing some of these ideas. I hope that, that building a horde of raving fans is rewarding and you also build your audience at the same time because that's a win-win. All right, that's it from me. I'll see you on the next episode.